The Brewing Network is proud to present Beer Radio that turns ordinary homebrew into award-winning beer. The Jameel Show. And now, your hosts, Jameel Zainashef and John Plisse. Good morning, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Hello, Jay-Z. Hey, Johnny. Ah, Our last show of the year. That's right. We've been doing this for a year. One year. And two to go. Yeah, we got about two more years to cover all the styles out. And if they don't add any more styles to right. the uh, BJCP style guide. If they don't. You're right. Well, I'm they, sure you will, though. Within another two years, they'll probably add a few more, and then we'll be uh, extended. We'll give us new life. Right. Otherwise... Uh, It'll take us about three years to go through. We did 24 styles, or we're, this is our 24th style. Okay. 24 shows. All right. We're one third of the way there. Yeah. And there's what, 75, 76 styles or something? Yeah, if you include all the meads too, that would be quite a bit. Wow. Uh, and then we could redo them all over again two years from now. Yeah, I, you know, things may change. Who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out something to talk about. I'm sure we'll, okay. we'll blather on. But, uh, mm. One of the things I wanted to mention was this show is the number one show on the Brewing Network. It is. Yes. Well, it, congratulations to me. <laughs> to both of us. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> didn't even take us a year. I mean, this this happened a little while ago, uh, a month or two ago, where we uh, uh, went past the Sunday show and downloads and all that. Wow. That's not bad. It only took a year. Yeah, a little less than that. That's pretty good. Yeah, we're only, and, uh, yeah. You know, we're only doing it uh, every other week. Yeah, it's true. So we, uh, I think, uh, doing quite well. I, and it's really great, the listeners that we have and uh, all the effort that they put in on emailing us, asking questions, uh, telling other people about the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, when we went to GABF, I ran into a number of uh, people that, you know, I'd just be walking up to get a sample of beer and they go, Hey, I listen to the show. That's, <laughs> you know, it'd be some brewer from somewhere. Yeah. I listen to your show. It's gotta be it's like really cool. Yeah. Weird too, huh? Like I don't know you, but you know my voice and what I talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, they, you know, they, they listen to us for so long. Right. It's like, yeah, they know us. Right. And they feel like they're just continuing a conversation with us and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's really neat. And I, people have been so incredibly kind in supportive. their comments and supportive. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't ask for a, a better set of listeners. So. We're having fun too. I mean, this is yeah, great. This is great. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, our listeners are learning something, or at least, uh, some of them seem, seem to be. And, uh, we're learning something. I know I'm learning something. Oh, I'm sure you're learning show. something too. Yeah. 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 That, and some of the prep that we have to do in order to make these shows work. Right. Learning quite a bit. And, you know, the, the little fine details that our, our, uh, listeners ask for. Right. Are a lot of things we learn. We, we feel like we know something. Right. And then, you really got to be prepared because people are gonna they're gonna focus in on mm-hmm. on what you're saying and make sure that what you're saying is is correct. So and, and if we don't know, we'll find out either from exactly. them or someone else. Right. Or, right. Yeah. And 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 they'll correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> Can I give you a hug? No. Okay. Uh, all right. So today uh, we're talking about cream ales. Mm-hmm. And uh, not a real exotic beer. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, tell us about cream ales, John. 
Well, it's it's basically an ailed version of a standard American lager. Mm-hmm. Uh, the aromas there's a hint of DMS, which is corn. That's the corn-like aroma, like yeah, that, cream corn. That, right, that canned corn, green yeah. corn, or some other vegetable kind uh, of. They call it, what's it, dimethyl sulfide, uh-huh. I believe is a uh-huh. science term. So, uh, very little hop bitterness. I mean, I could, my guess is the DMS doesn't cut, it does cut through so much because there's hardly any hop aroma. Mm-hmm. Um, the body and the character of this beer is light to crisp, pretty dry finish. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really much to it. It should be pale, straw-like in color. Mm-hmm. Um, Thirst quenching, basically, you know. Right, refreshing. You're doing your honeydews and you're out drinking some of this cream ale, you know. Right. Doing your errands around the shop or something. It's good, just, it's a good, good hot summer. weather beer. Right, yeah. good summer beer. So that's yeah. why we're doing it in the middle of December. December. <laughs> <laughs> good planning there, right? Yeah, I don't know how this one ended up here. Most of the other ones kind of make sense. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Should have done like Christmas beers, spice beers, and maybe swapped them. Yeah, I tried off. to do them early enough yeah. so you could brew them for that. So, that's right, huh? uh, I'm just anticipating early hot weather. I think uh, so. Those of you brewing a cream ale where it's snowing, uh, well, and one of the things that sometimes uh, people do is they'll they'll lager these cream ales, yeah, to not? help uh, you know mellow them out and uh, after you ale it or yeah after after you brew it you know mm-hmm. let them lager and uh, you can end up with a nice clean crisp beer. So it, it can take a couple of months to make this. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll be getting some warmer weather by by the time. <laughs> just think of it as we're preparing you for uh it's a it's actually probably a, a good introduction beer to your family members who have not drank homebrew before oh you know, right you Absolutely. know like hey i made this mm-hmm. and they're like oh wow it tastes like a miller but fruitier you know yeah a little more flavor a little yeah. more hops a little more you yeah. know this a little more like a rolling rock with hops and uh which is good you know yeah. i don't mind rolling rock i mean yeah, it's, it's it's got some DMS to it as yeah. well. If you're looking for something, uh, for an example of what DMS is like, right. uh, Rolling Rock has uh, a fair amount. Mm-hmm. So uh, commercial examples, they list uh, Genesee Cream Ale, Little King's Cream Ale. Those are probably the two that uh, most people know. Um, then there's a few other. New Glarus has something, and uh, uh, a couple other companies have a few in the style guide. Would Boddington's be considered? A cream ale on nitrogen? Uh, no, no. That's a uh, a bitter. Oh, that's an English like beer. A, okay. Yeah, an ordinary bitter. Okay. Um, the reason that's not is that's going to have uh, uh, more residual sweetness, a mm-hmm. little more, uh, not quite as crisp a finish. That's going to have uh, a, a touch of uh, kind of crystal flavor to it. Not much, but a tiny bit, and. Uh, has that biscuity flavor to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have uh, the, any DMS and uh, some other you know English uh, characteristics from the yeast. So it's not as clean a uh, fermenting yeast as you would get with uh, this and uh, like a California ale yeast. Right. Okay. Have you have you had any good examples of uh, cream ale? No. Yeah, the, I I think uh, it's hard to come by at least out here. Yeah. And uh, on the west coast of the U.S., and I think the best examples I've had have been all homebrew examples. Right. Well, why is it called? Is it called a cream ale because it's used with an ale yeast? Because there's esters produced more than a lager yeast. I mean, I wonder why where the name came from. I'd... Yeah, this is one where I don't know where the name came from. It I just think, seems like uh, a light ale. That's you know really light. You know. Right. Right. Because I would think with the cream ale, you think you'd want some flaked wheat in there or oats maybe to. Give it some cream-like flavor, like a creamy, yeah. right? Well, more body. Uh. And what's funny is, uh, 
I'll go and judge uh, competitions and even commercial competitions. And there's invariably somebody has an entry with vanilla in it. Hmm. And they think of it like cream soda, which, you know, has quite a vanilla component to it. And they've added vanilla to this cream ale. Goes with vanilla cream. And they've entered it in the cream ale category. Right. I'll tell you, if you have a a cream ale and you add vanilla to it, it becomes a spice beer. So you would enter it in the spice beer category. It's inappropriate flavor in a... uh, Cream ale in the cream ale category. So if you have that, the judges should be dinging you substantially for right. an off flavor in that beer. Yeah. You don't want vanilla aroma. <laughs> right. Or flavor. Ale. Yeah. And, you know, I was judging one competition and I said, uh, you know, there's, I taste vanilla. The guy's like, uh, yeah, they probably added vanilla. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really 22. fit in this category. <laughs> you know that, don't you? And he's yeah. like, Oh, well, you know, I thought it was like cream soda we were judging. Uh, no, 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 no. Here's the judging guidelines right here. <laughs> this is, yeah. this, Read this, this real quick and. This is, uh, yeah, supposed to be beer. So don't, don't add any vanilla unless you're making a spice beer. And then if you're making a spice beer, uh, you could add, you know, whatever spice you wanted. Or you could make a smoke beer out of it and, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, as far as, Vanilla does not belong in a cream ale. So, uh, you know, I don't know why they call it cream ale, but it has nothing to do with cream soda. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that it doesn't really have a creamy uh, mouthfeel at all. Yeah. It's, it's uh, deceiving. Right. So it's some, something else in the, in the process or mm. something else historically that, uh, made that, uh, come to pass. Mm. Fair enough. So, uh, the, the style has a range of what, 10, 42 to 55 in there? Yeah. Right? Uh, fairly low IBUs. It's right? definitely a session beer. But, you know, 10 to, 10 to 22 IBUs, not, not very bitter. Low, low color 2 to 4 SRM. Uh, for a batch of, uh, 6 US gallons or 23 liters, what I use is, uh, I, I try and target uh, 1054 as my uh, starting gravity. The SRM is going to be about 2.9, and the IBUs we're shooting for about 17 and a half. That's with a brew house efficiency of uh, 70%. I go with uh, five pounds of Pilsner malt, a continental Pilsner, five pounds of uh, the pale malt, uh, you know, domestic two row. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one pound of flake corn and one pound of straight old table sugar. Hmm. So that's, uh, 2.6 kilos of the Pilsner malt, 2.6, 2.26 kilos of the Pilsner malt, 2.26 kilos of the pale malt, uh, 0.45, uh, kilos of the flake corn and 0.45 kilos of the uh, table sugar. So your, your flake corn only is like 10% of the bill? 15%? Uh, yeah, the, uh, the Pilsner and Pale Malt are about 42%, uh-huh. and the Flake Corn and the Cane Sugar are, uh, about 8% each. 8% each. Okay. So you're a little understyle then, with the Flake additions. Right. Uh, and I'll tell you why I went this way. One of the, the key things to the beer is, uh, I think a little corn-like flavor, mm-hmm. and a little DMS, and, 
if you go, uh, a lot of people make this with uh, six row uh, malt. Okay. And and that's fine. Uh, you know, you can do the six row malt thing, and you can use uh, corn or corn grits. And on one of the 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 show on uh, classic American pilsners that we did, right. we talked about how to process the corn grits right. uh, for use in the mash, or you can use flake corn. And uh, you know, you can make a, a a good cream ale that way. But one of the things, a couple of the key things, one is uh, a bit of DMS. Uh, you don't want a lot, but mm-hmm. a bit of DMS and DMS is different than what you get from the flake corn mm-hmm. it's like corn light and um that pilsner malt will, will help do that for you and if you do too much of the flake corn i don't know uh i, I think it it ends up uh less refreshing right and less crisp and thins uh, it out a little bit uh well you do want it to, to, to thin out to. and that's why the the table sugar because uh, that ferments completely right so you want it to to be crisp and refreshing if you use a little too much corn i think it it's it's not quite as refreshing okay and then <clears throat> you know how pilsner malt we've talked about this before uh-huh. when you get a touch of dms and you use the pilsner malt it has that pilsner malt character to it right and it seems just slightly sweet right even though it could be a dry beer, it can be kind of slightly sweet uh-huh. tasting. So you can have this uh, refreshing beer that's uh, you know got a slight sweetness to it. It's got the DMS, it's got the corn, uh, but you know it's a dry, refreshing beer. Right. And so that's what this recipe does. And one of the other things that we're doing on this recipe is we're only going with a seventy-five minute boil. Oh, and wow. uh, you know, since we don't have a whole lot of pilsner malt in there, it won't be too bad, but. What happens is if you don't boil your your wort long enough mm-hmm. with uh, if you're using Pilsner malt, making something like a Munich Helles, mm-hmm. what happens is you're not driving off that DMS. You're not converting the SMM to DMS and getting it boiled off. Mm-hmm. It's uh, gonna some of it's gonna be uh, sitting in the beer, and the DMS has a half life of 40 minutes. You want about two and a half half lives. You want about a hundred minute boil wow. in order to completely remove DMS. Okay. So 75 minutes leaves a little bit behind. So it's kind of a balancing act here. And, you know, your your results may vary a little bit. Yeah. But uh, you said half-life. I mean, 40 – why 40 minutes? I mean, is that when – That's just the half, half-life but of that, is that uh, SMM really? in the in the boil. Huh. Or so so I've read. I have not tested it myself, but that, that is but what I've read. Every day. Yeah. So huh. uh, at, a, at about 100 minutes, they figure – it's you're pretty much gone. have converted it all, and it's gone. It depends on the type of malt. The Pilsner malt, since they're very low kilning, right? And the, the type of processing they do leaves it with a lot of uh, SMM okay. in the in the malt. So uh, we want a, a, a slight touch in there, mm-hmm. and uh, if you're too efficient in removing it, you won't get that character. So just backing down on the boil a little bit and adding that too. Pilsner malt will will give you some of that character. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think 10% is about enough corn. Uh, to give you a little bit of a corn character. You don't want it as intense, I think, as uh, you get in like a classic American Pilsner. There right. we used uh, 20 or 30%. Right. And, you know, that's, that's a substantial a, bit of corn character, right. but you're going up against a lot of hops and yeah, going yeah. up against a lot of other, uh, you know, flavors and right. characteristics. So this is a much cleaner, uh, you know, think, uh, you know, American lager. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, not a lot in there. And if you were to add a lot of corn to something like that, you really overwhelm it. I wonder, does, it, does the ale yeast kind of clash with corn at all? I mean, the flavor aspect? Uh, you know, in this, in this recipe, we'll use a, uh, California ale yeast, mm-hmm. uh, the 1056. It's very, very clean. Okay. And there's not a lot of esters and stuff to, to get in the way there. Right. So, um, 
talk about styles and yeah. ingredients. And when we come back, we'll get into the hops and the processing and uh, talk some more about pre-made. Final show of uh, 2006, the number one rated show on the Brewing Network. Cause you've got this, this year's gone really fast. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Too I, fast. It seems just the other day we were doing our first show. Mm-hmm. Was it Russian Imperial Stout? Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. We've come a long ways too. I feel like I have because I sucked those first few oh, shows. <laughs> You and me both. Oh man, man I just, I, I'm not saying I don't suck now, but I'm saying I think I don't <laughs> suck, suck less. Much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my my suck quotient has gone down a little bit. Yeah. It's not, not near as bad. Mm-hmm. I have my moments from show to show. <laughs> but yeah. I also have some good moments. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm like that uh, that You're, senile old grandfather that yeah. <laughs> just he's got stuff. his moments of clarity. He's got his moments where he's uh, peeing himself. <gasps> yeah. That's me. That's me on the air right there in a nutshell. <gasps> That's awesome. All right. So uh, we talked about the grains that you might use and uh, hops. Now, in hops, you have quite a bit of options in uh, cream ale. Uh, I don't think there's any real uh, – you can use a traditional German hop. You can use uh, you know American hops. I wouldn't go something really citrusy. Like, uh, you know, the seas, the cascades, the, uh, centennials and things like that. Just take away from that DMS aroma? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's just a little, maybe a little too bold for this. You want something a little more, uh, restrained. Uh, I like, uh, although, you know, I like Liberty Hops. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's good. And, uh, the recipe we're doing up, I, I did it in, in Liberty Hops, uh, an ounce. Is that fairly bitter? Uh, well, it depends on it's no, it's not uh, it's an ounce seven. of uh, Liberty at four four uh, percent alpha, f- four homebrew bittering units, uh, about twenty eight grams at sixty minutes, <laughs> a half ounce of Liberty. These are all pellets, of course. Uh, two HBUs at uh, one minute or fourteen grams at one minute, so at knockout, just just enough to give it a little, uh, you know, balance uh, the sweetness out, you know, spicy floral character, and yeah. Just, just some interest in it. You could, you could not, uh, get rid of that, that later edition. Uh, but, uh, you know, the earlier edition, you're, you're shooting for around, uh, uh 17 and a half IVUs total. Hmm. No more than that though. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't really want to go, go too bitter. Um, because it's a dry beer. Yeah. And with it being that dry, the bitterness really tends to stand out. Yeah. So if you go much more than that, this will turn out, you'll notice some bitterness to it. You can back off a little bit if you want uh, a little less uh, bitterness, a little more sweetness. Uh, if you go too much more, I think it's too much. I like it to have a little bit of bitterness to it okay. where you can taste it. What about if you use the Magnum but like a quarter ounce and that's it? Yeah, you know, you can you can use that. That's a good hop, and especially if you were making uh, a large batch. Mm-hmm. So this is for six gallons, six U.S. gallons or 23 liters. If you were 
doing a, a larger batch, like a 50G batch like you do, then, yeah, Magnum, I think, is a is a real good choice. Uh, part, pardon you, John. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, it sounded like a dog coffin. It's the biscuit. Get a hair, hairball or something? Yeah. Uh, if you have a, a, a large batch, then, yeah, something like Magnum or Horizon would be a good choice. And you could uh, do that. You wouldn't have a lot of hot mass. Mm. When something like this, when you're when you're trying to weigh out a quarter ounce, you know, on a on a high uh, IBU uh, or a high alpha acid hop, you have to be really precise. You got to get out the uh, cocaine scale right. and weigh out just uh, you know a, a tiny fraction. Mm. And when you're off in a in a hop like that, in it's noticeable. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can end up swinging your IBUs quite a bit. So I tend to use, when I'm doing a low IBU beer, unless I'm doing a large batch, right. I tend to use a low alpha hop, right. and it gives you better control. Yeah, you don't want to overdose, for right. sure. Yeah. And again, there's not a lot of flavors in this beer, so the type of bittering hop you use can come through in the flavor. You will taste some of it. So uh, using a, a, a good uh, aroma hop or, you know, a, a nice, uh, clean, bittering hop like a Magnum or Horizon is a good choice, I think. Hmm. Definitely, it's important to balance out the sweetness in this beer. Right. Sure, from the German pills. Right, right. Hmm. And uh, you need a touch, but again, uh, it should finish dry. Uh, we're adding some cane sugar to help uh, fully fermentable, so that's going to help dry it out. And then uh, as far as the mash schedule goes, you're going to... Uh, do your single infusion at uh, 149 degrees Fahrenheit or 65 degrees C. And that's to dry it out. Again, yeah, make it make it fermentable. Hmm. Now, uh, you could go uh, a, a step mash if you want. If you want to do a protein rest and a, you know, and a, and and crank up through the the temperatures, you can. Was that if you use six row? Uh, yeah, you could do it with six row. Okay. Uh, yeah. You could do it. You could do it with uh, various malts. Almost any malt out there that we have nowadays right. doesn't need uh, step mash. Sure. Uh, single infusion is just fine. If you want to do one, that's fine too. Some people really believe that. Uh, I think uh, Charlie Papazian was saying he believes that uh, a protein rest at about 131 degrees for 10 minutes gives him a, a much nicer uh, head stand, much nicer. Right. Uh, he does it on all his beers too. Right. Yeah. Right. And the only thing I worry about with something like that is drying out the beer too much. Okay. And, you know, if you have a beer that should have some residual uh, dextrins in it. Right. Trying to get from 131 up to, you know, 158 or 154. Take you're passing through those those lower temperature ranges. Yeah. And uh, if you're infusing with boiling water, maybe you can get up there quickly. Oh, right. But uh, if you're, you know, using a RIMS or a HERM system. Yeah, take it can a, take you quite a while, and the beer can dry out pretty pretty quickly, and you end up with a thin beer. If you're doing something like that, I would suggest adding uh, you know a dextrin malt like a Carapils hmm. uh, to the recipe to keep it from ending up too thin. What about um, maltodextrin to the boil? You, you could add maltodextrin, sure. Okay. Yeah, that's another another way to get uh, de- residual dextrins in. There. Okay. That's a good good point, John. Hmm. So uh, you do that uh, mash temp. 60 minutes, uh, you raise it up to uh, 168 for mash out, 168 Fahrenheit or 76 degrees C, mm. and then uh, you'll sparge uh, with 170 degree Fahrenheit water or 77 degrees C for, uh, uh, take you about an hour or so. Does the mash temperature affect flake corn the same way as it does a two row? Uh, yes, it does. 
Okay. Because you have uh, starches right. that you're converting to sugar. Mm-hmm. And what you're controlling there with the temperature is the activity of the enzymes. And the mm-hmm. enzymes all come from the malt. But they're the same, though. Right. It's the same enzyme. It's all coming from the okay. malt. There's no... Uh, I don't think there's any enzymes in the in the flake corn to convert it to uh, hmm. uh, sugars. Okay. So, um, with the the malt enzymes, they're going to break that down. They're going to turn that into maltose and uh, right. you know, raffinose and all those other uh, sugar uh, chains and whatever uh, sugars, right? And so, if you have a lower mash temperature, it's going to be a, a more fermentable sugar. You can get more maltose if it's a uh, Higher mash temperature, you're going to get more unfermentables. long chain sugars, right. unfermentables, right? That's going to give you a bit more body and a very slight uh, bit of sweetness. Malta, the dextrins aren't very very sweet at all. Mm-hmm. Some people say they're not sweet at all, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe maybe a touch. I tried my first step mash last week. Oh yeah, yeah, and I used a light flame, mm-hmm. and it took me a half hour to raise it eight degrees. Wow, light flame that took yeah. a long time. So. Yeah, I've, I've got a uh, more beer uh, 1550 mm-hmm. system, and so exchanger. with the with the heat exchanger and the recirculation, yeah, I can go up uh, you know a degree a minute. It's pretty good. Yeah, would that work if you wanted to step mash this recipe? Yeah, that, that would be okay, right? And okay. I, I did a um, a saison uh, a while ago, and one of the things on the saison is trying to make it as dry as as possible, and I went up uh, a half a degree a minute. Uh, from, you know, 131 up through, uh, 152, and then I went back down, I went back up, I went back down, went back up, trying to get it uh, all, get it all <laughs> as fermentable as possible. Greedy bastard, yeah. So, <laughs> and still, you know, I need to add more, uh, uh, cane sugar to dry that out even further. Huh. You added cane sugar to a Belgian Saison? Right. It's gotta be dry. Yeah. And, uh, so you need some 100% fermentable sugar. Fermenting that at 90, right? I st- yeah, I started out in the 70s and let it get up into the 80s, mid-80s. I, I think I, I let it go as fi- high as uh, 87 or 88 or 90, something like that, hmm. and it uh, and it stopped fermenting. It just crashed. It's a, so it's a weak I, I lowered it. I lowered it back down to yeah. 85, and yeah. it fired right up again. Interesting. Sweet spot. So I was I was surprised that I didn't think it would uh, uh, die out on me there hmm. when uh, you know yeasts will ferment. Uh, uh, fairly warm, you know. They like uh, up to ninety degrees or so. When you get past ninety, then it starts to impact them. Yeah, they you don't get as much growth. Right. So uh, you you got to be uh, careful of that. What about type of yeast for cream ale. Well, in this recipe, I'm going with the California ale yeast, and I I think uh, the White Labs uh, WLP001 or the Y yeast 1056 are both excellent choices for this. You can also use. Uh, the US 56 dry yeast. It's, that's pretty fruity. I've used that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get a real uh, strong peach ester out of that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, a bit of sulfur, too, mm-hmm. I think, which is kind of odd because uh, you wouldn't think you'd get a whole lot of sulfur from it. But It's not as clean as a liquid strain. No, not, not even. No. Not even. Uh, it, but it's a fine yeast. Right. And I think in uh, more flavorful beers, mm-hmm. it uh, it hides better. You know, there's okay. there's more things to hide those those uh, slight off flavors than uh, that you get from the dry yeast. And it's not huge. It's not you know so offensive. You wouldn't drink the beer, and I think a lot of people wouldn't even notice unless you're doing them side by side. Right. 
and uh, probably but, a good strain for this style. Yeah, I'm thinking you know yeah, a little bit of peach in there is okay. Should be clean though. This right. should be a clean clean beer, so you shouldn't have a lot of asterisks. But you know, I think uh, especially a beer like this, if you're trying to mass produce some for a party in the summer or something like that, go ahead with the dry yeast. Yeah, yeah nobody's nobody's gonna know if you're. Try and enter this in competition, and you really want to, uh, you know, make the best beer possible. I would go with the liquid strains. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, John, it's you're cleaner. completely right that, uh, you know, the dry ice is not going to compare side by side. And that's when, you know, judging, you know, they're they're having several of these beers, and uh, you know, with the the liquid yeast, you're going to have a a cleaner beer. You know, done done the same way, uh, you're going to get a cleaner beer from the from the White Labs or the Y yeast. A friend of mine had a more beer. Did an experiment with the ale, the liquid versus the dry, and it didn't attenuate out as much. Like it, it, the gravity was a little higher, but even the clarity though was like cloudier than the liquid strain. Uh-huh. So was, which I, one, which one ended up drier? The liquid. The, or the, oh, one or the, the liquid. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And the yeah. dry yeast was, <clears throat> uh, it's just, it was just, it is cloudier. It was mm-hmm. just not that, didn't look as clean as the liquid yeast strain. Same temps, side yeah. by side, same wort, everything. Uh, one of the things that happens, I think, when they dry the yeast, mm-hmm. it impacts flocculation. I think. Oh, uh, I'm not sure, uh, but I, I I recall reading something about uh, the drying process affecting the flocculation, especially right. in the lager strains. Is that just because they're stressed under the drying process? Or? Uh, I'm not sure. They, I'm sure they they do get stressed. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how how the change comes about, but uh, that oh, is one thing I've seen. Interesting. I saw a paper on that on the ASBC site about uh, dry yeast, so that might be something to consider as well. Hmm. You can use other types of yeast. Oh, for sure. Like a lager yeast or San yeah. Francisco lager, you think? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would, uh, you, would you ferment it cool or in the mid-60s? I would go. I would go cold because uh, you don't want a lot of fruity esters. And the right. warmer those lager yeast go, they start throwing off the fruity esters and right. stuff. So, I would go maybe you know fifty five mm-hmm. uh, with the lager yeast. You or know fifty fifty five uh, with the California ale. I would go uh, sixty five degrees Fahrenheit or uh, uh, sixty five to seventy degrees Fahrenheit, eighteen to nineteen degrees C. Okay. Fermentation with the California ale. Okay. If I was going with the lager yeast, I'd, I'd go down uh, more towards the lager temperatures. Not as cold as I do for lagers, but you know, in there. Would it still be a lo- uh, cream ale though? Because you're using the lager yeast. Yeah, you know, is it because of the ingredients? Some people do uh, lager yeast for cream ales, and some people do um, uh, ale yeast. And they say, well, you know, it's an ale that's been lagered, or it's a lager at a warmer temperature, right. or something like that. Uh, I, I don't think there's uh, quite the consensus on there on this as there is for like a steam beer, okay? Like the Anchor Steam, the California Common beer. Uh, in this case, if you did this with a uh, lager yeast, it essentially becomes kind of like an American pseudo American light lager mm-hmm. or a standard lager. So uh, you might know, you might even be able to enter it as both, but uh, that never really works out right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one will place and one won't. And right. Wait, you waste your eight dollars. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, interesting choices. Yeah, you could do the uh, the San Francisco Lager yeast, the eight ten, the California Common. Uh, I'm not sure what the Y yeast number is on that for the uh, Steam Beer California Common yeast, but uh, that San Francisco Lager that uh, kind of puts some interesting esters in there. So I'm not sure that that's the best choice, but I've seen a number of people. 
with award-winning recipes that that yeah. have done that yeast. And uh, I think uh, other good options might be like a Kolsch yeast. Yeah, you can do a pretty good uh, Kolsch yeast because uh, the the thing you get from the Kolsch yeast, you get a a crisper, uh, drier beer, and you'll get uh, a touch of. Uh, sometimes you get a touch of sulfur, uh, but I think the Kolsch yeast is a good choice, and all yeast might be a good choice. Uh, you can do a Canadian yeast, like the Molson yeast, <laughs> Canadian ale yeast. You can use uh, uh, an East Coast ale yeast. Right. Some That's of those will give you a sweeter uh, finish to it, and uh-huh. you really want dry. Uh, I think California ale, since most people use it for other things as yeah. well, that's a pretty good choice because off of this beer, you got a nice yeast to repitch. Because right. this is not going to have a lot of hops, which yeah. impacts the viability of the yeast right. if you have a lot of IBUs. It's not going to have a lot of additional flavors that uh, will, uh, you know, carry over to another beer. So this is a, a good. So you'd brew this and then just brew the same day and rack right on top of the yeast bed. Yeah, you want to you want to use the right amount. I like to take the yeast out. That's oh, it. Okay. Get the dead cells out and then pitch the right amount of yeast. Okay. When we come back, we're going to take some we'll phone wrap, calls maybe. We'll or? wrap this up and, uh, uh, yeah, I think, uh, we'll see what's happening. Goodbye 2006. That's right. Hello 2007. We'll be back in uh, just a bit. Now, back to the Jameel Show. Alright, we're back. We're talking about cream ales. I feel good. I feel good too. I think we've done a fun year. Yeah, I think we've done a great job. Hell yeah. I'm proud of the effort we put in and the quality of at least some of the shows. (laughs) Shoot, even when I brew, I still go back to our shows and be like, what were we talking about? Yeah, just yeah. so I can know a certain thing, you know. Well, and uh, not to get off track here, but I'm uh, I am going to be the uh, new style columnist for uh, Brew Your Own Magazine. Great, and uh, that's great, man. Uh, that style profile column. Apparently, I'm, I'm I haven't turned in a, my first article yet, so I don't know. Maybe they'll Slacker. they'll read the first one. They'll say. That please, yeah, and, and I won't be. So, if, know so if I about. eventually don't show up, then uh, <laughs> you'll you'll know why. It's because of my crappy writing, right? But uh, <laughs> if I do, you'll know that uh, at, I, the first one is going to be uh, ordinary bitters. Mm-hmm. And so, I one of the things I did was listen to our ordinary bitter show, mm-hmm. and uh, go back through that, and I, I kind of helped me get in the mood. And it's uh, one of our best shows too. I thought it was a really good one. It it is our most downloaded show. Wow, our second most downloaded show I think is uh, American Pale Ales mm-hmm. and uh, Russian Imperial Stouts. And uh, it's funny, our first stuff. show is like in the top five downloaded. Right, right. <laughs> you know? A lot of people listen to every single show. Wow, that's and, great. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Boy, we couldn't. Uh, you know, <laughs> if if they weren't doing it, yeah, we wouldn't be doing. We it. wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> it's like you know, there was. Uh, just a few hundred people listening, I think uh, we'll probably give up. I had an idea for a brewing, if you want to do a cream ale. Brew a 10-gallon batch, mm-hmm. split it, use cow ale and use a lager yeast and have a standard American lager. And right. 
A cream ale. And uh, you'd, you'd see, I think that's a really good idea for a lot of brewers that haven't done something like that before. If, if you haven't, and, and you could brew a, a six gallon batch or a 23 liter batch mm-hmm. and split that, you know, half and half into it, two, two carboys and pitch two different yeast and see what the difference is. Right. And it's substantial. Oh yeah. I mean, it's two completely different beers. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's interesting what characteristics yeast add and if, uh, and if you're, if you're not, uh, uh, paying attention to it. I mean, <laughs> exactly. And if you're not you have choosing to. the right yeast for what you're trying to do, you're going to end up with something uh, completely different. When I taste a beer, I, I always try to th- think about the yeast flavor going on, you know, just to mm-hmm. figure out w- what yeast was it, you know, and what temperature they could have fermented it at, just for kicks. I don't know. I'm just, this is a hobby of tasting beer and then my drinking problems. But, you know, I like to... Just analyze, you know, the actual yeast profile in the beer. Mm-hmm. So if you can compare two beers, same word, mm-hmm. same mash temp, I mean, you're going to learn so much about what a yeast does. I mean, it's... Exactly. you got to do that, you well, know? Well, and I think that's another excellent point, is that uh, unless you do this side by side, it's very hard for you to know what yeast flavor, because cause you're saying, uh, you know, analyze the, the flavors mm-hmm. from the yeast in a g- given beer. You can do that because you've tasted a lot of different beers side by side and said, okay, well, here's, I identify what the yeast flavor is in this. Uh, you know, this, it's different from last time. I just changed the yeast. So, uh, here's, here's what uh, a yeast, uh, flavor or compound or character mm-hmm. is like. And if you don't do these side by sides, it's very difficult to tell, you know, what's coming from the malt, what's coming from the hops when you're first starting out. And uh, doing these kinds of experiments is something everybody should do. You really uh, gain a lot of knowledge and insight into how the process works and better control over it because of that. Especially, I mean, the fact that ale yeast will leave more residuals than a lager yeast, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just the malt effect that it has on a beer is tremendous. Right, right. Yeah, Even the- color. Mm-hmm. Which is a trip, you know? Right. You wouldn't it, think it would affect color. But color. But different yeasts will affect the, the color of the beer, the yeah. final color of the beer. Bizarre. It is, it is really odd. What about an extract version of this? I mean, I mean, because of the adjuncts, I mean, is yeah, it? Yeah, you know, because of the flake corn. You'd, would you have to do a mini mash? You'd have to do a mini mash. Okay. So, uh, you know, you can take, uh, that flake corn and some pale malt or pilsner malt and, uh, you know, maybe 50 50 hmm. or, you know, two thirds, one third and add, uh, about a quart and a half of water mm-hmm. per pound of, uh, grain. Hold it at 150 degrees for an hour. Okay. And, uh, that should do it. Rinse it out. And like a 30 minutes barge and. Yeah. Go. And, uh, that would be good. Uh, so no extract. Recipe for this. I think that's the problem we ended up with on the, uh, the CAP uh, program to yeah. the Classic American Pilsner. All right, so let's kind of recap what we went through here. Uh, for cream ale, you're trying to make a crisp, refreshing, clean beer uh, with some DMS, which is not a clean flavor, but some DMS. But it's desired. It's, it's corn, yeah. It's it's part of the style and and some corn character. Uh, you can have a little bit of hops to it. We're targeting, uh, 1054 original gravity. Uh, for a six gallon or 23 liter batch, uh, you're gonna boil it 75 minutes. You're going to use, uh, uh five pounds or 2.2 uh, 
two six kilos of uh, continental pilsner malt. You're going to use five pounds or two point two six kilos of a uh, two row malt. You're going to use a, a pound or or point four five kilos of uh, flake corn, and a pound of cane sugar or point four five kilos of uh, the cane sugar uh, table sugar. Use an ounce or twenty eight grams of Liberty hops at sixty minutes. Half an ounce or 14 grams of Liberty Hops at one minute or just before flame out. Give it a little bit of uh, aromatics and some flavor there. And then ferment this with uh, either the White Labs uh, WLP-001 California Ale Yeast or the uh, Y-Yeast 1056. You can use the, the US-56 Dry Yeast, but uh, John and I both agree that you're really going to get a, a, a cleaner flavor going with the liquid yeasts on mm-hmm. this. And it's a beer without... Uh, the ability to hide a lot of flaws, mm-hmm. so it's a, a tricky beer to to make. Probably, yeah, it's not easy to make this beer. Yeah. I mean, just like uh, you know the really clean lagers, yeah, are yeah. difficult to make too. So uh, you know, if, if you're entering a competition or something like that, and you really are curious about uh, you know what it takes to win a competition, go with the the liquid yeast. You're you'd be much better off. Uh, as far as the mash schedule goes, you're going to. Uh, I use a, a, a mash temperature of 149 Fahrenheit, 65 degrees C for single infusion, 60 minutes. Then I raise it to a mash out temperature of 168 Fahrenheit, 76 degrees centigrade, and then I sparge at uh, with 170 degrees Fahrenheit or 77 degrees centigrade uh, water, and uh, it takes about an hour. Uh, boil it 75 minutes, do your hops, and uh, chill down for a minute. And then drink a pint of beer and go to bed. Right. And no vanilla. No vanilla. I wrote in big letters on my recipe. No <laughs> vanilla. Yeah, cream ale does not mean you add vanilla. Right. It's not cream soda. <laughs> Should be nothing like cream soda. Right. Should be uh, cream ale, more like a beer. So what's the plan for next year? Wow. You know, that's the thing. We haven't posted the uh, the list of uh, styles for next year. Yeah. Well, and I, I have a list of styles to, to go for next year. Good. But... Uh, I think you were suggesting that maybe we post them just uh, a quarter at a time. Yeah. Every and that months. way, if uh, we needed to make any adjustments throughout the year, it would be easier. Because this last year, we tried changing one, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up sticking in two styles in one just because to make it work. Yeah. people didn't want us to switch Kolsch and Alt. Right. So, <laughs> well, that we, actually we worked out well. Yeah, so maybe we did 25 styles this year. Yeah. That yeah, could be. Yeah, and I, I think... Uh, you know, people have asked us to do all, uh, you know, do some shows that are just techniques. So do a show just on sanitation. Do a show just on mashes. A show just on uh, grain types or hop types or we should do that yeast types. Yeah, uh, even if it's even like once every three months or something. Or, right, right. You know, or maybe they should be special bonus shows. Yeah, there you go. That, that we I, could. Uh, I like that the that special we, bonus shows that we could uh, drop in here or there. More shows for the Brew Network, more the merrier, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll get that list posted here over the holiday break, and we'll be back sometime in January, right? Yeah, and I'll be a little, you know, overweight. Are you pregnant? No, no, <laughs> no, overweight. I see. I gotta hope not. Okay. Yeah, you're, 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 yeah was, the way you were holding your belly there, it kind of kind of threw me. No. But uh, I don't know if we'll be back the day after uh, New Year's or not. I think that's what the two weeks would be. Uh, so it may be the week after that we may shift. Uh, hard to say. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Good show. Yeah, I think that was a good show. Good, good cream ale discussion. Yeah. All right. So, Drop us some uh, emails. 
Right. And uh, Graham Sanders' show on uh, Tuesdays, or Graham Sanders, as uh, he would pronounce his name. Graham. Uh, Graham. He's supposed to pronounce every every letter. Good show, John. See you next year. Bruce Strong. Yeah. The Jameel Show has been a production of The Brewing Network. Please send questions for Jameel to jameel at thebrewingnetwork.com. The Jameel Show airs live every other Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Brewing Network.